Blog Talk Radio. Susan, Laris, and Dan's. I'm not sure if the audience can hear me because everything came down on my computer for those of you waiting for the show. So I am just going to bring this computer back up, and Mercury is surely retrograde tonight. And I'm just going to trust that you can actually hear me over the phone connection. And if you can't, well, then I'm just talking to myself, but I hope that you guys are hearing me. Um, we are having some technical difficulties tonight. They appear to be on my end, although it does look like we just lost the connection, and it's just been that kind of a day. And I know, as I'm waiting here for my computer to come back up, um, that this day has actually been talked about quite a bit um, in various circles. Uh, September 23rd. A lot of people have been talking about September 23rd. And let me say, if my guest, Barry Eaton, is out there listening, because we were already um, wondering if we were going to get that going from um, Australia, um, I will be getting this up in just a minute, and we'll see if we can get everyone connected. And I do think it's kind of funny, because I was just talking to – a someone who who has been on the show in the past and I was saying how you know we may have connection problems still not connecting and then it went down in a way that it's never gone down before before the show so that's kind of an interesting thing to occur when in fact one of the first things I said to my friend was that maybe um, I should stop talking about not connecting and talk about connection. And I put connection in big letters. Of course, right then, that's when it went down. (laughs) So there you go. Um, All shows have occasional little glitches, and we will get this back up and running here. Getting closer. I can't even play music. I can only talk. So as I'm waiting for the computer... um, Having been a computer scientist, I am very used to this kind of a situation where you have to kind of multitask 
while you attempt to get something to come back up. Um, September 23rd. Yes, it's the Equinox. I hope many of you enjoyed the Equinox special. Okay, here we go. It looks like it's trying to bring our studio back up here. A lot of people have spoken of this date. All right, I'm just watching watching this interface come up as I talk. Um, hmm. Okay, well, not working yet. I can't really tell if you guys can hear me or not, so I'm just going to assume that you can. Okay, you can. You are listening. And I have a very experienced radio host. You know, how many people have to be the wizard behind the curtain? I'm going to bring him on in just a minute. In fact, I haven't even introed him, and I'm just going to bring him on anyway, because it sure looks like Barry Eaton is on the line, and I'm going to bring him on. And then I'll then I'll tell you about him. I'm going to go in reverse. Hello, is this Barry? Hi there. Are you there, Susan? Barry? Yes, Barry Eaton here in Australia. Yes, I'm have here. Have you Can been you listening? <laughs> I have. I've been listening to your wonderful intro there. And look, I, as a radio person, I understand when you don't know whether the audience is there or not, you just have to keep talking. You did a great well, job. And I had to bring it all back up again, too. <laughs> and, and yeah, of course, you did. I have a wonderfully experienced radio host here. And um, usually I intro people on, you know, before I bring you on, Barry, but I'm just going to kind of talk with you about about who you are, um, and um, I just love that you are a very experienced journalist and radio personality in Australia, aren't you? Tell us a little bit about yeah, radio no, out there. Uh, well, radio out there has come at the end of a long broadcasting career for me in radio and television. I've, I've hosted my own shows for many years, um, but radio out there came about 11, nearly 12 years ago now as a result yeah. of my movement away from mainstream broadcasting into far more spiritual or metaphysical type areas because um, in the early 90s I was still reading news on national radio here in Australia but also having studied, I'm also an astrologer by the way so I know Mercury yes. Retrograde is really having fun and games yes. with you guys but uh, after I moved in those areas then I started to combine mainstream radio and TV work and stage work still, and also uh, my metaphysical and spiritual areas. So that's that's a little nutshell there, but there's uh, I've been in the business for over 50 years now, so there's a lot to tell, <laughs> Susan. I'm sure you, know, you only want the potted version. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I still think it's funny that of all the nights, isn't that just the way that, that of all the nights that, that something unusual would happen, but, but actually, you know, it's actually more fun that that you're here because I think that many of us in blog talk radio land, I've been here almost five years now, um, you know, we're just grassroots people um doing this and and it's it's a yeah. wonderful thing, uh, just to see what you can do and how you can explore. <laughs> yeah, now indeed. I'd like to talk indeed. to you about your books, um and I know that you come to us as quite an expert in the afterlife. In fact, I know that your first book on this topic was called Afterlife, Uncovering the Secrets of Life After Death. And I have here in front of me your latest book, No Goodbyes, Life-Changing Insights from the Other Side. And um, 
And I know that, that, you know, we're honored to have you here because you speak at uh, many workshops and, you know, really have studied this very deeply. And and you have a really personal connection to this, this berry. And, and, you know, it, it touches my heart to, to hear about your partner, Judy, and how you connected. Can, can you talk about that a little bit here at, at the outset? Yeah, of course. Um, Judy was my partner. We only met in 1993, actually, and uh, I'd gone through a divorce, which has pushed me in the whole direction of more spiritual metaphysical work. I met Judy a couple of years later, and we realized that we had a huge soul connection. But we were only together four years when she passed yeah. away very suddenly and, and rather sadly. And when she got to the other side, I'd already been doing some psychic work, and we'd done a few things together. We started a radio program uh, together called Celestial Power. I tell the story in my book, Afterlife. But then after the uh, after she passed over, I was working with a medium, Ruth Phillips, who rang me one day and said, would you like to talk to Judy? I said, well, yes, of course I would, but you know, she's passed over, you know that. And she said, yes, but she's come through and come around here on Thursday afternoon, and or Thursday morning it was, and I'll put you in touch with her. So I did. And I tell that whole story. It's a big, long story, but yeah. I tell it in Afterlife. Yeah. It's quite amazing. But the result of yeah. that was that uh, we were given permission from the other side, the powers that be over there, to keep communicating, first by automatic writing, and then I started to develop my own medium ability. So I was able to communicate with Judy, and she came through and still comes through. But this was the precursor to a huge contact with many, many different spiritual contacts in the afterlife, and the result is that the two books that um, I believe it's part of my real purpose in life to be here to write these two books to to get the word out about the fact there is no such thing as death. It's only the death of the body, mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. as a soul, we live on. We live on. Yes. You know, there's something that, that you talk about right at the outset that I, I find would comfort a lot of people is that um, I was raised very conservatively. And in fact, when I have been, it hasn't happened very often, but when I've been in the presence of someone transitioning or someone who may, um, you know, leave this earth pretty soon, I always am concerned that when we've been raised with this concept of hell, there's this fear that can be ingrained in us and um, that we can be comforted that, that it, that isn't what awaits, and yet you do talk about how there can be some darker levels, but it's not hell. And I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit, Gary, to to, to comfort us, Barry. <laughs> well, look, everything is on our own soul growth, and we all go back to a place which you can call generically the afterlife, call it the other world, the other side, heaven, paradise, whatever you like. Uh, many different labels, but essentially we go back to a world of spirit. And just like there is on earth, there are many, many levels in the afterlife. And we go back to the area that suits our soul development best, so that if you've been uh, doing the right thing and building and growing your soul, Mm -hmm. then you will go back, obviously, to a different level to somebody who has been out there terrorizing, murdering, raping, pillaging, selling drugs, doing dreadful things. 
but there's no such thing as a, a hell, a Dante-esque type hell, where you know, yeah. like in a red suit with a with horns and a pitchfork. I mean, that that's all very, as you said, designed to fear, put fear into people's minds, and certain belief systems have done that over the years. There are dark energies. There are, of course, dark energies, and if yeah. we do lower our vibrations to the to the level that when we return to the other side, we end up in what we call the lower astral areas. Yes, we are going to be in some pretty dark sort of places, but we're not consigned there forever. There are people around to help. There are people coming down from the higher levels who are always there to help those who are, have made huge mistakes and really want to learn to grow. It may take quite a long time, Earth time, but um, it still does happen. Yeah. So. While there is no place with, with hell and demons and pitchforks and all those nasty things, there are areas that you really don't want to go to because they're not pleasant. They're dark, they're misty, they, and you've really got to go there. You're not punished uh, as such, but it's a form of self-punishment in a way. We all, when we go back to the other side, we go through a healing process and we then have to look at, do a past life review and, I mean, it depends what you've been doing in this life. You've got to take responsibility for your actions, and that is the most important thing. But we're all here to develop and grow our soul energies. We are purely an energy. And when we go yeah. back to the place where we came from beforehand, well, it's it's like anything. I mean, you look at you. You've got degrees in maths and computers and all sorts of things. You're going to go <laughs> to a different part, say, of an educational facility than, than I would because <laughs> I've got qualifications in, in journalism and communications, but we would end up going into different areas, and mm -hmm. it's the same on the other side. Uh, according to what we've done, according to all our lives that we've led and, what, and the way we've grown and the way we've learned and moved on, that is where we will end up at the end of each lifetime. Yes. What do you say, Barry? You know, I had heard um, Eben Alexander speak um at a at a conference or he was at a church I was at and he talked about um you know I guess he was kind of not certain of what was in the afterlife but he of course he sort of had an unusual experience since he was kind of in a coma or sort of dead but he sort of saw this it wasn't exactly dark but it was just sort of this in between place I mean it was kind of dark but it wasn't really yeah. scary and and what what does spirit say about these in between places? Well, I've I've seen one of Eben's uh, presentations as well. He was out here in Australia a couple of years mm -hmm. ago, and I, I, I listened and, and went along to one of his talks. And don't forget that he's not talking about the afterlife as such. He's talking about what we know as a near death experience, an NDE yes. near death experience. So there's so many people experiencing these things. Uh -huh. millions of people around the world experience a lot of people don't talk about it they're a bit frightened or they're a bit, they think they're yeah. going to be made fun of but uh, that is basically when the soul leaves the body at some stage and it happens not only in say operations or accidents or whatever it, it happens when people are in comas the soul actually or the spirit which is the, the vehicle for the soul leaves the body and a near-death experience is actually just what it says. It's near death. Yeah. It's not real yeah. death experience. The, the body is still alive, so it's not a death experience. But you're going into almost a twilight world where it's a, a meeting place halfway. And a lot of people sort of glimpse beyond that. 
And everybody who has a near-death experience has a different tale to tell. But mm-hmm. some of them glimpse in, some of them go and, and revisit old friends and family members come to meet them, and then they are all told or they all feel this, this urge to come back into life again because their mission here on Earth is not complete. They've got to come back and complete whatever it is they've come here to do in this lifetime. So even though a lot of them say, oh, look, it was so beautiful and so peaceful, I would love to have stayed on and everything like that, I knew I had to go back or somebody told me I had to go back because my work is not finished. And when these people come back, every single one who has ever been interviewed, written about or communicated about their experience has had the same common experience. Their life is never the same. It's a transformational experience. When they come back, they don't just sort of uh, wake up, get on with life and and continue and take up where they left off. No, their lives are changed forever and changed in a transformational way. In astrology, we'd call it a plutonic journey. Pluto, Mm -hmm. the death of the old for the birth of the new. And that's basically what it is. So a near-death experience is very different to actually going into the afterlife and communicating, as I've done, with afterlife with spirits who are residing there and they have left the body and the spirits that I'm working with from guides right through to a group of spirits I've worked with at all levels of the afterlife they are there and some of them have been there for you know many 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 earth years because there is no such thing as time in the afterlife time is yes. a third dimensional reality time is a measurement of the planet going around the sun if we were on Mercury, it would only be 88 days. So it's, time just does not exist outside of our dimension. And the afterlife is actually a different dimension of reality. And that's, that's yeah. what happens because it vibrates at a much higher rate than our Earth vibration. So when we ascend, when we go into the afterlife, our vibration rate takes us to the level in the afterlife that is appropriate for us. So if we're very low vibratory rate because of our deeds, then we'll end up down there in the lower echelons. But if we've done a lot of wonderful things and we raise the vibrations, then we start to go up. And when we're back in the afterlife, as a lot of these spirits I'm communicating with have moved on because they have their work continues when they get back to the afterlife. There's not just some little cloud and a harp issued as soon as you get over there and say, <laughs> okay, you can drift off now and have a good time. Yes. Nice to see you. Bye. It just doesn't happen like that. You know, we all continue. We all continue working, growing, learning, developing, and helping, helping other people. Everybody is working and doing things on the other side. But it's a wonderful, wonderful existence. You know, truthfully, we should be thankful for that because I think a lot of times where traditional views of heaven have sometimes been described, it's, do you really think that you could do nothing for eternity? You know, just be in some state of bliss for eternity? That that actually wouldn't be very blissful. I mean, and it, it's not really consistent with ongoing creation. And so I feel that, you know, what what the spirit world is conveying through you know, the the research that you've done, the different mediums that you've talked with and just um what you've learned, it 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 makes sense, um, in a logical way that that life would go on in some way, that there would be tasks and you talk about that. And and another thing that you said, Barry, that really got me when I when I read it was how when people first 
die, that they, they're still like eating or, or maybe they're drinking or, you know, they're doing, they're, they're stimulating this. Can you talk about that a little? I found that really interesting how there's this kind of transition period where you're still de- pretending in a way to do human things. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we go over, we don't just automatically, as I said, get issued with a harp and a cloud and all of a sudden the spiritual yeah. awakening is there and we're, we're knowing, all-knowing, all-seeing beings. We essentially are the same as when we left here and then we learn and we grow, we keep going. Um, so when we get back there, it's quite common. I mean, if you welcomed a family member back who'd been living overseas, for instance, for a long time, and they arrive back again, what would you do? You'd get the family together, their friends, and you'd have a party for them, or you'd have a big luncheon or a dinner or a barbecue or whatever, and you'd have a <laughs> celebration. And that's what yes. happens, because the celebration happens. We celebrate when somebody's born, but in the afterlife, they celebrate when we return to the afterlife. So yes. they don't need food, because a spirit doesn't need food. There's no body. Right. But when we go back, we still have all of these inner needs. We have the need for mm-hmm. eating and drinking, and, and it can be created because everything is created there with the power of thought, the power of the mind creates what we need. So you can have everything that you want. You can have a lovely glass of red wine. You can have a roast dinner. You can, have, you can conjure up all sorts of things with the mind. But after a little while, and it, it varies, of course, with everybody, after a little while you realize that, it's not really satisfying you. You're just going through the motions. You don't need that glass of red wine or a beer or a whiskey or or even a soda. You don't need anything like that. You then are complete and you realize that these are the earthly delights that you're wanting to leave behind because that's what we come here to earth to experience these, to have human experiences eating, drinking, uh, all of those things, drugs, of course, thank heavens, they're all human experiences. They are not spiritual experiences. So when we start to move on and let these things go, we don't need it. But, of course, if somebody comes back, uh, we welcome them home again and we make believe that we're also having a nice big cake or a birthday celebration (laughs) or whatever it is. Yes. It's just to welcome them home and let them feel because that is essentially what has happened. It's like you and I going on a great big huge trip somewhere and then coming home again. That's what our real home is, the afterlife. And when we get back there, we have to settle back in to what it is, leave our adventures, our earthly adventures behind, leave all of those things behind, bring back our experiences. What do we do here? We have a big holiday. We bring back maybe a video, uh, all sorts of um, pictures or whatever with us and remember it. Well, we do the same thing in the afterlife. We bring those back and we can recreate them and look back on our experiences just the same as we would if we weren't away for a couple of years traveling around the world. It's, yeah. I, I use the phrase, as above, so below, in many cases because that was given to me from the Spirit. And there are so many things that we do that are a reflection of what happens in the afterlife because we're bringing those things back with us subconsciously. We are recreating what our real home does. Same as if we were on holidays here and we went away, we would want to re- and we want to live somewhere for a little while. We would want to recreate some of those home comforts that that make us feel really warm and wonderful and cuddly and things. So it's exactly the same thing with the afterlife. So if we think as above, so below, then many many things correlate. So Barry, in terms of like our expectations for the afterlife, if if you know if 
I am a Native American, and I expect certain things, you know, to be there to, um, right at first. Is that what it'll be like? Or, or if I'm, you know, a conservative Christian, and I expect, you know, hopefully heaven, not hell, but, um, you know, or, or some, how, <laughs> yeah, do you, when we first, you know, I would like to believe, and I'll tell you this in a personal way, is that, you know, people who have passed, I really believe in reincarnation. I feel that I have seen evidence of it, and I'm actually going to have a question for you later based on that and something having sure. to do with addiction. Sure. But um, I, I am a firm believer. I believe I've seen the research. However, I know that there are people that I care about a great deal, um, not all of whom are still on this planet, who would have found that to be a tremendous shock that if you just walked right over and it was like, oh, by the way, this is the way it is, it just would, that would be hell. In fact, you even talk about how someone said when they didn't see quite what they expected, they thought it was hell. And so I guess my question here is, can people be eased over into, you know, there may be, I'm sure there are things there that none of us expect, you know, except for people like you who talk to spirits so much. Or, you know, well, and, well and definitely so, this is why I've written the, yeah, I mean, it's uh, so going to help us to understand this reading. Right, sure. I mean, that's the idea. And and I think it will help us. But if you don't know, I mean, is there, it seems like certainly in near-death experiences, people have some experience consistent with what they expect. And I wonder if, if people are eased into that a little bit as to what the actual reality is over there. Yeah, fair enough. Look, I, I've just—I'm in connection with my spirit people as I do uh-huh. all my interviews, and I, the thought was just put into my head. Then it's like, uh, first of all, a near-death experience, and I've not thought of this this way before. It's like going into a travel agency and getting a couple of brochures about a place that you want to go to on your holidays, and yeah. all you do is just have a quick look at it, and then yeah. you go away and you make your arrangements to actually travel there. And it's a whole different experience when you get there. There's going to be lots of things that you find that uh, you weren't expecting, obviously. Otherwise, you could just get it out of a book or a brochure. Exactly. When we go over there, yes, we do end up We do end up in certain places that we, we uh, may come to expect. For instance, now, this is a very touchy subject with a lot of people, so mm-hmm. I don't want to upset anybody, but mm-hmm. my contacts in the other life say there is no such thing as religion in the afterlife. Religion mm-hmm. is a man-made organization or series of organizations, and there is no one religion, there is no one way of getting there, there is no one belief system. There is, there is yes, of course, there is a divine presence, there is a, a creator who has created everything. But when we get over there, if you expect to go into your religion, that's where yeah. you will. You'll go there to start off with, and you'll find... Yeah. That, ah, yes, fair enough. I'm with all of these people I feel comfortable with. It's like going into your, your local parish or, uh-huh. or whatever, uh, no matter what religion you have. But after a while, certain people are going to be coming up to you and saying, you know, there's a lot more than this, don't you? Um, you know, let, come over and let's have a talk and I'll, I'll tell you a bit more about what, what what's beyond. See that gate over there? If we go through there, there's a whole new world waiting out there. 
And they might say, oh, no, no, I'm happy here. I'm happy here. Well, okay. But then they come back again a little bit later and say, look, you're sure. After a while, <laughs> even the staunchest of believers will say, yeah, look, I wouldn't mind going uh-huh. to that gate, really. It is getting a bit sameness here. It is getting a bit boring. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. doing the same thing uh, all the time. So then they go through the gate, and we're talking about a, a metaphorical gate here. Yeah. Um, they go through the gate and suddenly find, wow, there's a whole new world out here. There's a lot of people out here. Yeah, and they, they aren't necessarily members of my religion or belief system or whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm now privileged to find out and, and learn and grow a lot more. So yeah. we're not punished, we're not confined, but it's up to us. And the rate of our own growth and expansion in the afterlife is certainly up to us as to when we are ready spiritually to move on into bigger and better things. So this applies with all sorts of things. You might not expect to meet your old mother-in-law when you go up (laughs) or whatever, but but you might. (laughs) Or you might not think that I do not wish to ever meet that person again. You might have been a divorce or they might have fired you from a job or or Mm -hmm. had a really nasty experience with them that you think is a nasty experience. I'm I'm not talking about you know, um, any kind of violence here. I'm just talking about somebody who's upset you in life. But you might go over there and suddenly find that they are a member of your extended soul family. Uh Wow, how about that? And what's happened is that you have really agreed to come down here and work a few things out with that person, with that experience. And who knows that the last time you lost a job because... It didn't work out, you hated the boss or you got fired or whatever. What happened? You went on, you changed your life, got another job, things were better. Wow, what a what a transformational experience that was. So a lot of the people that we think might be uh, not the kind of people we'd want to meet in heaven, they, uh, <laughs> they could well be there waiting for us with a big smile and a slice of cake. So we, you, you can't just go there, there with a rigid... <laughs> That's right. You don't go over there with a rigid set of beliefs. I just uh, encourage people, because don't forget this is all my findings, my belief, my, not my belief, but my findings and my reporting back. So it's it's how I've found it. But I always encourage people to approach the other side with an open mind and an open yeah. heart. And that's the most yeah. important thing. And that's what I say to skeptics. And I know you wanted to talk to me about skeptics because I'm psychic. And um, <laughs> You're right. Skept- that's on my list. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, skeptics are not the same as they were when they sort of came into being in, in ancient Greece where they just questioned things, but they did it with an open mind. And I always encourage anybody, myself included, to question things, not just accept naive comments, but to ex- to, to listen and do it with an open mind instead of just going in. And skeptics and cynics only look at things from a rigid set of beliefs. Oh, that's rubbish. Uh, I don't believe in that, so it can't be true. No matter what evidence you put out there, I am not going to change my mind. And that's that's the way they do it. So I always encourage people to at least think about life after so-called death as uh, an ongoing part of life at least keep an open mind and an open heart about it instead of having a rigid set of beliefs that, oh, yes, at the end of this life, the switch is going to go off and I'm just going to go into eternal blackness. What a horrible thought Uh, is that? Do you hate your life that much that you just wanted at the end of it go into blackness? I mean, gee, why? 
certainly think life's a lot more promising than that. Yes, I, I feel like that would just be a horrible thing to to believe in. And I know that, you know, I have found when I've read, you know, certain agnostics in a way, they weren't totally close. Of course, they were agnostic because they, they seemed like, well, you know, I don't really believe there's going to be anything, but if there is, I'm going to be really surprised. And I would love to think about, you know, just what they experienced, you know, when they when they finally crossed over, you know, what, what an amazing, I would hope that people would open up enough. You know, I, I one of the things I relate to you in Barry is the fact that, um, you know, you, you spoke how I'm, you know, a computer scientist and a mathematician and all that, and you can only imagine what some of my former colleagues <laughs> must be thinking about my current path, you know, doing, doing this radio show and, um, about some very but does that really worry you well not so much anymore you know you know sometimes i will tell you i just if you want to know the truth barry most of those people scientists that i i have been around them all my life they love 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 science fiction and fantasy you know and all these you know when they're not doing science things they're over at a comic con or something and they're you know they have really great imaginations and so i feel that if they could know that the world really was magical (laughs) and that you know there there are some amazing things that can happen that it would be a wonderful discovery to them so so when i think of it that way i i just don't don't really care. It's sort of like, you know, well, you know, one of these days you'll see and and you just figure they'll they'll come around in their own way. Um but but sure. I mean, well, they we will. All they'll find out. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they will I mean, find I, out in their in their own way and they and they mm-hmm. wake up to it uh in whatever circumstances they've created for themselves. I, I tell a story in my book Afterlife about somebody who went over there and thought he was in eternal darkness. And yeah. until after a while, uh, he was he was encouraged to come out. And when he decided that uh, yes, he would, the fog suddenly lifted, and he found that he was standing in the middle of a park on green grass, and there were people all around him, and they'd been there all the time. It was a self-imposed fog of darkness that he put himself into. But once he, he allowed that to go away, instead of hanging on to it grimly. Then he found that there was a lot more, and I, I think that's a beautiful story. It's actually yeah. a story that was written by a guy called Lob Sang Ramper, but it does uh, talk a lot about how things happen over there. And this is one of the things that many people in the afterlife do. As I said before, you know, we've all got our tasks and our um, our work that we do there, a lot of different things we do, and there are a lot of spirits there that are yeah. helping these people. They are, they are coming over to the afterlife, whether they like it or not, and they <laughs> need this encouragement. They need these little whispers in the mind. Hey, come on. Look, there's a lot more. Just just let go. Just believe. Just just be here. Be, be part of it. We're out here. We're here. And after a while, you know, well, why not? It's the same as I said with religion, with many other strict belief systems that people have. Once they move beyond that, they realize the freedom that is there. The self-imposed restrictions and prison basically that put themselves into can just melt away and does. Yes. yes. 
you know, as as you speak and and um, just some of the stories that that people have to tell, it reminds me a lot of that movie, What Dreams May Come, and um, yeah, just yeah. just the the realities that people kind of create around themselves, and and it, it does seem it, it. I always tend to to find that uh, these things make sense. You know, they make sense in the heart and and also in the mind. It just it just makes sense. And, you know, I do have a question for you. Um, I know that yeah. you've explored a lot of um, of past lives and um, have, have explored all kinds of things. Well, I had an experience some years ago when I wasn't even looking. Surely, well, I kind of was open to it, but I stumbled on a past life. I had never heard of any of these people before, and there were these photographic resemblances that it – it's a long story how I stumbled upon this person who I had never heard of, but she had enough around her. She was married to this painter where she had a, a wicked, well, I don't know, if, I guess she has a Wikipedia page, and I wouldn't even say who it was, but it was no one I'd never heard of. But when I researched this person, um, how she died is fairly controversial, but we know that she was addicted. She was addicted to... Um, to a form laudanum back then because she had a lot of health issues and you know she actually died of an overdose and so um you talk a lot about addiction and so i personally and i know this on a mind level although spirit really did reveal this to me it was an intuitive thing how i was guided to this and it was amazing at the time i was in my office as a computer scientist when this happened. I was literally sitting in my office when I discovered this. So I guess the question here um, beyond, I mean, multi-tiered, I guess, is that we venture into these lives and how we can begin to discover them, and then also this this addiction aspect. It, I know it's a very important point in in your work and, and what you've discovered, how addictions can carry over and how they influence us. Yeah, look, it's a big question, and it's something that I address uh, because the my contacts in the afterlife wanted this uh, as part of the information that they passed across. Some of these life-changing insights that that drug addictions and and even mm-hmm. pharmaceutical chemists, chemicals and that sort of thing can be part of this situation where we get ourselves uh, and we, we lose ourselves in in these areas. And we need to take this responsibility for who we are and what we do. Because when the body dies, the soul, as I said, is is carried by the vehicle of the spirit. Now, the spirit takes the imprint of what that life has been back with it and needs to go through a healing process. Now, if this has been a a, a normal kind of a life where you might have had quite a bit of um, angst at the end with heart problems or cancer or whatever... Um, then the healing will be very much as part of the imprint of the spirit. But if you've abused your body, if you've mm-hmm. abused it with drugs and even uh, you know overdoses of, of pharmaceutical, there, there were a couple of young footballers here the other day that took overdoses of painkillers and ended up in hospital. Dreadful stories. So kids yeah. are doing this these days. Uh, yeah. the, the spirit has this imprint. And when it goes back, the healing may not be able to be done in between lives. So if it's really bad for people who are really, really addicted, very strongly influenced, then 
as part of the next life, the part of the karma that they are bringing back with them will be this addiction that is still there. And that mm-hmm. karma can vary. I mean, every story is different. No two lives are the same as we know. But that karma may indeed be that uh, they have to come back and get rid of the addictions uh, and go through certain things again and come out the other side and maybe help people to um, get over their own drug addictions. Or mm-hmm. else it may well be that they come back to help in, in other ways uh, because of the addictions that they've had. They may come back to, to, to become medical practitioners or healers or whatever to be able to work with people to balance the karma that's there. But it just doesn't end. We don't just finish this lifetime, bang, over you go, everything all gone, everything forgotten, here's a cloud, here's a harp, as I said before. No, Uh, we have to take responsibility for what we've done in this life. And it can carry over and often does carry over with karma and also becomes part of the life purpose and the destiny of the next life that we're about to Mm lead. Because a lot of the work we do in between lives is not only um, balancing and and understanding what we've done in the last life we've led and learning what mistakes and how we could have done things better, but it's preparing ourselves for the next life. That's part of what we do in the afterlife. There are many, many different things we do, but that is an integral and a very important aspect of the life that we have in between lives. Yeah. Now, you talked about reincarnation before. Yes. Um, there are people who find reincarnation difficult to accept. I have always known it. Even as I was a, a kid, I just knew that this life was, was one of me. To me, it's logical. Why would you have so many people in such dire circumstances in one part of the world here, other people who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth? There was just so much contrast why would mm-hmm. you only have one opportunity? Why would a small child who was who was um, died at a couple of weeks old or or cot birth or whatever? Why would that be the only opportunity they ever have at life? It just doesn't make yeah. sense. But if we have many lives, then we can balance out our experiences and our growth, and that makes far more sense to me. We have yeah. you know, the, the the laws, I guess, or the understanding of reincarnation is that we have multiple experiences in many, many lives so that when we've had all these experiences, we then don't need to come back anymore. We've balanced our karma. We've had every experience. We've made all the mistakes. We've helped other people. We've done all sorts of things. We are then able to get back, assimilate this in the afterlife, and perhaps move on to other worlds because Earth is not the only world. Earth is not the only place that is inhabited despite what certain uh, people would like us to believe. There are many, (laughs) many, many planets out there with with, uh, people on them. Well, and that too. Let's call it life forms. Once again, that too is logical, you know, truthfully. Um, And and I think that's what I appreciate about a a lot of this information. It really does make sense. And, of course, it makes sense that, that we wouldn't be alone and that this wouldn't be the only planet that we could incarnate on. And I will tell you, by the way, as confirmation, is that my my early life especially is consistent with how that particular... I mean, I don't know how... This gets kind of complex with time between lives and what does it mean, but I will say that when I was young, I had trouble sleeping for a long time, and then I eventually mostly got past that. But I had to work through that, and that was her problem. She couldn't sleep 
I mean, she had issues yeah. and couldn't sleep. And so so I feel that, you know, we really can observe this, and it's totally consistent with the information that you've received. I mean, I think that that, that what I've observed is totally consistent. And so... Um, oh, look, very, very know, much so. I, I do past yeah. life. I do past life um, readings for people or, or take uh-huh. them down into past life situations. But on the premise that whatever we access, whatever life we access, and whatever information comes out is to help us in this life. Accessing past lives is not some kind of Hollywood time tunnel experience. Oh, look, yes, I was Cleopatra's barge boy. Um, it's not <laughs> anything like that. It's to find out what we did and what we've brought back into this life. Now, you talk about sleep. Other people have brought mm-hmm. other things back with them. And yeah. it's the information that you need to know now. So if anybody does go to a past life regressionist, and yeah. I know the, the Michael Newton people over in, in the States do Life Between Lives, and, and I work with the people out here from, uh, from uh-huh. the Newtonian Institute, and, and that is uh, a fantastic way of accessing your, your past lives and what you do in between lives. But that information is there for a reason so that we can understand certain things that we're going through. And once we can do that, then we can improve on what our life is. Once we ha- I did a session with a guy last week um, about his past life, and a, l- a lot of information came through. He said, oh, at first, oh, I was a bit disappointed with the information that came through. And I said, well, hang on. Let's just look at this fact, that fact, in both lives, and that, what was the common factor there? And when he said, Oh, you said, you're right, of course, yes. That's mm-hmm. what I've had to come here because that's something I've been going through all of my life. And those two lives that we accessed in the in the consultation I did with him explained to him why he was having the problems in this lifetime. So once he was able to do that, he's able to think, all righty, now I can go away on that because what I've been doing with this is irrational. And it just is not needed so I can learn the lesson in this lifetime and move on. And that's why we come back for lifetime after lifetime, not only to balance our karma, not only to um, work out what it is we, we may have not completed in previous lifetimes, but of course to have new experiences and be with people that we've been with in many, many other lifetimes. We tend to travel with the same group of souls in yeah. many of our lifetimes. And who somebody might be your your sister or your brother in this lifetime, but they may well have been your your father or or an uncle or a very close friend in another lifetime. So groups of souls tend to travel together, as opposed you have, you've got two soul families basically. You're a very immediate soul family and your extended soul family. The people that an extended soul group probably is a better word of looking at it. And those are the people that we. As I said before, they might be really good friends, they might be uh, relatives, they might be family, and they might be antagonists and people who really annoy us and have upset us and done nasty things to us. But it's part of our lesson and part of our growth in this lifetime. So that, I mean, it's, it's a huge question, this whole area of reincarnation. It is. I, I've, uh, I, I've gone into it in, in past lives for my book. I was told to mm-hmm. go by my, my guide that I work with for my books. I woke up one morning with the words in my mind. I got to sleep saying, I'm a bit stuck. Where do I go with this book from here? What, I need I need another direction. So I put it out to the guide, and the next morning I woke up clear as a bell in my mind, past lives. Go and access your past lives. That was the first thought when I, my eyes flipped open in the morning. So I did. 
I accessed two of my past lives, and I've written about them in detail in my book, No Goodbyes. Yes. You know, I appreciate how um, you talk about how spirit can communicate to us in different ways and how, like, for some people, it may be through license plates and numbers and things like that. And and I will tell you that the clue to my past life was Persephone. It was a piece, and and it was like look up Persephone. I mean, <laughs> that was it, and that that clue got me where I needed to go. And you were you had that word past lives in your head, or we know we can have these little winks that are that are kind of guiding us. Yes. And I suppose, um, gosh, we've got we've got callers waiting on the line. I know this show's really going by fast and I was hoping to bring one on the line but really quick here I want to ask you about destiny a little bit because this kind of leads into that you know where we have we have guidance in our lives but we also have choice don't we and and then we have our paths that we're destined to follow as well so I I know it's a huge topic but um, maybe you can touch on it briefly at least All right, well, every life we have a life purpose, and a lot of people don't access that life purpose. You can do it. There are plenty of ways of accessing your life purpose. Get in touch with your heart for a start, because that's where your soul attaches itself to the body at the heart. We come with a life purpose, and we come with certain destiny points. It's like the plot points in a movie or a TV show. At, At these points, certain things happen that take us off in new directions, open up opportunities, close doors so that other doors can open, many different things. These are the destiny points that are built into our life and other destiny points that come as a result of the choices we make. Because when we reach these destiny points, there's always a choice involved. Do I go through that doormarked opportunity or do I say, no, I don't want to go there. I want to keep going where I'm going or I want to go in another direction altogether. That's where free choice comes in. Free will is part of of the equation. As my guide, M, who I work with for my books, said to me, if life was all free choice, there would be total chaos. But yeah. if life was all predestined, what would be the point of that? We'd just be puppets dancing on the end of some string, some celestial right. puppeteer. No point at all. So when you combine the two of them, we then get opportunities that are there. And it may well be a book falls off a shelf. It may be you hear about a job being offered. You meet somebody. Various things happen. But it's then up to you. And this is where self-responsibility comes in. It's up to you to make the choice, live with it. And then from there, other little destiny points can open up as well. So life is a series of, of destiny points and free will. Yes, yes. I I love how they I can go into it a lot more detail, but it's a... Well, you yes. did a yeah, good job much. in the time that you have. I mean, I and there's a lot... I have much more to explore in your book myself, and there's a lot of material here that you have really... Um, I mean, there there are just so many aspects that ultimately, Barry, it seems this information, it's about life more than anything because it helps us to live. It helps us to live in in peace and in joy, and and that's the the purpose of knowing this. Indeed. I'm going to see if we can take a call. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) No, 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 that's why it's insights um, from the other side because we are yeah. getting these insights. But I'd love to have one of your callers, so let's have a chat. Well, we'll have to do it. We'll, we'll make it pretty quick. 
So if you're at area code okay. 818, I'm going to bring you on the line and see if you can ask a question of Barry here. Hello? Hello, are you at area code 818? Yes, I'm so excited because this um, topic fascinates me so much. I'm so happy you picked me. Um, my name is Brittany, and my father, he transitioned um, earlier this year, and he's been communicating with me quite a bit. And one thing that he did tell me was that he's learning over there is to make choices from my heart. He told me that if yeah. it's anything, what I'm choos- if I'm choosing something in the grocery store, just anything, it should always come from my heart. And one, I wanted to know if maybe he had any other amazing messages to give me. And two, how do I do that? Like I've been working on meditating and opening up my heart and things of that nature, but I was hoping that you can maybe give me some more insight on that. Well, as I said before, Brittany, um, the uh, the soul connects to the body at the heart level. So your father's right. If you listen to your heart, you are connecting with your soul. Your soul knows your purpose in life. Your soul knows the right things. If you're only doing it through the mind, then you're allowing all sorts of things, whether it's <laughs> advertising on television or many other outside uh, distractions. The mind uh, jumps from place to place. The heart stays pure. So keep listening there. Um, Talking about with your father, it's difficult for me to do readings over the phone, which I, I don't mm-hmm. normally do. But um, but I did get the word something about crossword puzzles from him. Uh, so I don't know whether you do crosswords or he did crosswords or whatever. But uh, the answer may well be like a crossword puzzle. You've got to to get the questions and think about them and fill in the blanks. Um, if that message makes sense to you, then. Um, then fair enough. The best way to communicate, though, is, as I said, through meditation. Yes, that's a beginning. But there are some really good mediums out there. But be warned, mediums mm-hmm. and psychics, and I've been warned from spirit that a lot of them, there are a lot of scam artists out there. There's a lot of con people. Be very careful. Only go to people that are really recommended and uh, make sure that you, the information you are given is not going to be harmful for you. That's really important. Okay. okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That really helps. That this is I've been doing so much research on all of everything that you've been talking about and it's like it's spot on. It really is. Great. Well, in in the books that I've written, um there's a lot far far deeper stuff than we can go into obviously on radio. So, if you're really interested there, I would suggest I'm not trying to flog my books or anything, <laughs> but that's the purpose of them to help people. Well, I am trying to flog the books. Let's face it. Yeah, fair enough. But um, uh, the the information is there. People in spirit want this information to get out. And I've been sort of picked out as one of uh, many different people around the globe to help get this information out so that people are not confounded by what I might think is the mysteries of life and spirit. The mysteries are there, but they are explainable. And I know that many of the answers I've already been given, which I'm so delighted I can pass on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you, Brittany. Uh-huh. I hope yes, that helps. Thank you. Thank you, yes, Brittany, absolutely. for calling. Thank you. Take care. Now. Thank you. Bye now. Well, we 
we have we have raced till the end of the show, and I'm so glad we were able to take a call. And thank you to the other callers who have been patiently out there. We'll we'll get to these calls eventually. I, I think I could talk to you for for another two hours, Barry. There's just so much to explore in this area. Um, so we'll tell, tell yeah, tell our audience here just where they can find out more about your work and. Um, you know, just just what you'd like to leave us with today. All righty. Well, my two books, as I said, are called Afterlife, and the second one, the new one that's just been released a few weeks ago, is called No Goodbyes, and it's life changing, uh, life changing insights from the other side, and they're published by Tarcha, which is uh, one of the stable of Penguin Books. Yes. Um, my radio program is just called Radio Out There, three words but all joined together, RadioOutThere.com. And there are links across to that, to my books and whatever. But the books are available in good bookstores and probably a few bad ones as well. I don't know. But um, <laughs> they, they are available online and, and many different places. So I, I just hope that uh, – and if people want to get in touch with me, they can through the uh, radio program, uh, radiooutthere.com, or it's just Google Barry Eaton. And uh, I'm not the bloke who writes about the books, uh, about the dogs. I'm the bloke who writes about the afterlife. <laughs> but the message I'd like to leave you with is the fact that with, there's nothing to fear, nothing to fear, uh, Susan, that yeah. life life continues. There is no such thing as death the way it's been portrayed. The spirit lives on, and the afterlife is our real home. We're here for an earthly adventure, and at the end of it, we go back home. And it's a yeah. wonderful, wonderful reunion with many, many of our loved ones. So yeah. please, if you're into fear, don't. The acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, is false evidence appearing real. Yeah. Because what you fear today, six months' time, you won't even remember. Yes, well, what a perfect message for this show. And and I know we're all journeying with fear, which is one of the reasons I started this show, because I I journey with it as much as anyone in, in working to to get beyond it. And so thank you so much for being here, Barry. It's been a true honor and thanks for just having such a relaxed conversation here and, and I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. That's my pleasure, Susan. It's lovely to meet you and thank you for having me as a guest on your program. Oh well it's my pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Um, the live show's going down quickly. Very quickly, I'll be on the air tomorrow, 7 p.m. We're talking about natural meditation. Go to FrontierBeyondFear.com for more information on that. Um, and just real quick before I bring the show down, I do want to let people know once again about a retreat that's taking place on the Oregon Post. Oregon Coast. Now I can't talk anymore. Um, Manifesting from the Heart um, with with Baptiste Pop and Dean Schrock. That's October 17th to 18th. And I'll be putting some information up on that on the site. But you can go to DeanSchrock.com. He's been on the show a number of times. And so has Baptiste, um, who made a movie with the director of The Secret, The Power of the Heart. So check that out. And do come to FrontierBeyondFear.com to to discover the archive of shows. We're on our fifth year now and everything coming up because this is an exciting season and I'm so very blessed to have wonderful guests like Barry Eaton 
And I do hope you do check out his books and his website because he has really done some very cool research and just the connection to the spirit world is amazing. Um, And so I'm just so honored that he was here tonight. So thank you, everyone, for being here. And I will see you again tomorrow night. Take care. Thank you.